Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw after show, and have we got a show for you. Shinsuke counts to 10, Drew apologizes, and Champa realizes sometimes you just can't do it yourself. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce the crew. I'm Jack Farmer, being joined by none other than the Spar with Labar champion. And of course, Adam Copeland's favorite person ever, Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how are you doing today? Uh, not too bad. I didn't know I was his favorite person ever. I know we were buddies, but uh, hey, you know. <laughs> I have it on good authority, and that authority is me making things up as I go. Ah, okay. I'll take that. <laughs> Canadians stick together. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, you, you sure do, Jimmy. In fact, the man of the hour wrote a, the foreword for your book. Yes, he absolutely did. And uh, he, oh, my goodness, it was wonderful. I, you know, it, it, not not to make a, a long story too long, but, you know, trying to figure out who could write the foreword. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking about it. And of course, you know, talk to my better half. And she says, well, you know, who are you good friends with? And I, I said, it's a Canadian it's a it's it's a Canadian company that's uh, publishing the book ECW Press, you know mm -hmm. they're here based here in Toronto. Why not make it all Canadian since I'm Canadian and, and I buzzed Adam and he said oh he'd love to, and you know what, as as much as he took his jabs at me like he does at Christian, you know, <laughs> he, <laughs> he he put me over bigger than I expected in that forward and I thank him immensely for it. I hope one day he writes a forward for my tweets. Um... <laughs> Uh, Justin, how's the fantasy football team? I, my team is looking, they're suffering their first loss this week. How, how are you guys doing? Another win. Another uh, win. What does that make you? Three and one? Yes. Ah, we're going to have a, a, an even record. I just needed, all I needed was DK Metcalf to catch like seven touchdowns today and I would have been golden, but no, he'll go. <laughs> I got to figure, I, I got to, I got to pull the trigger. Everyone in the chat who follows fantasy football, Burrow, is it time to move on? I I feel like I know as soon as I let him go, Justin, he's going to put up like a thousand points and become a Terminator. But as long yeah, as I've got him. Yeah, he's one of those. I'd be hard pressed too to uh, just put him in a free agency. I went through this last year with Tom Brady. I had Tom Brady and Tom did not have a great year, but like I, I couldn't bring my, I was like, it's Tom Brady. I can't bring myself to, to dare hit that drop button. Uh, or, you know, so I, yeah, I wouldn't. I would just make sure you have another good quarterback and try to try to just ride it week to week and see what happens. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to have to do. Going to have to going to have to figure that out. He's been the weak link of the team, even though this is my first loss. Uh, but let's talk about some pro wrestling. And of course, as always, if you're here uh, joining us, like, comment, share, subscribe, copy the link and throw it into social media. Let's invite some friends over um, and talk about the news. And the big news is what everyone is talking about right now. New AEW star Adam Copeland explains why he and WWE have outgrown each other. He said, quote, I love WWE and appreciate everything the company did for me. Always have, always will. They put me on the map, gave me amazing opportunities, and through hard work on both ends, I've been supplied with a wonderful life. Hell, WWE helped me meet the woman I'd start my family with. Sometimes relationships just grow apart, and I feel that WWE and I have just outgrown each other. I wanted to do more. They didn't have much more for me to do. Simple as that, and that's okay. I'll still be watching and still supporting all of my friends over there. Uh, Jimmy, this is 
a public statement that I think is the reality of most wrestlers in all wrestling companies. Absolutely. And if there's one thing that Adam Copeland, AKA edge is, is always honest, especially when it comes to uh, a situation like this, he's speaking from the heart and here's a guy that I have known throughout my, uh, his career with WWE when I was there who wanted to give, wanted to contribute, wanted to be, you know, a, a, a big cog in the wheel or whatever, or whatever the saying goes, like, it's not coming yeah. right now, but he wants to contribute. He wants to not only do well for himself, which he, of course, everybody does. They, they all want to do well, but he wants others to do well too. And he loves the business and he mm -hmm. wants the business to grow. And one of the things he said in that post presser, I, I believe he's is where he said it is that if he could contribute and help in any way with AEW and help them, you know, expand, because yes, they are. They've got their hardcore audience. They're they're tuned in. Those those people aren't going away. You need to expand that audience though. And when you sign someone with the gravitas of an edge, now people go, oh, wait a minute, maybe this place is worth checking out. And uh, uh, you know, hopefully he could help grow that audience. And he's arguably the biggest signing that they've made. Uh, to date, you know, you can argue others like Jericho and stuff like that, but this is, this is, I, I don't like to make this comparison, but it's almost like Cody going to WWE mm -hmm. because he's, he's, he, he was um, an original, an AEW original, but everybody views Adam Copeland, AKA Edge as a WWE lifer and for him to go. And of course, with his good buddy, Christian, you know, Hey man, uh, all the best to him. And I hope it succeeds. Yeah. Justin, this is one of, I think, my favorite signings for AEW, for the company particularly, because I feel like what Edge offers, what Adam Copeland offers, going to have to get used to saying Adam Copeland. I always want to be respectful of what they call themselves in their new company. Uh, what he provides, I think, is one of the things that AEW really needs. They've got athletic guys. They've got great wrestlers. But I think he's someone that understands constructing a story and putting things together, Justin. And that's what makes me think that this might be one of the better signings they've had in a long time. No, absolutely. Look, first off, the wins for them were, we knew that he wouldn't be able to use the name Edge. I think we all pretty much were, were uh, assumed that that was owned by WWE. But they were able to use the Alter Bridge song. Uh, they managed to re-record just a slight change. Rather than you think you know me, it was you think you know him. Uh, word on the street is it might have been his beautiful wife, Beth, voicing that little uh, uh, voice track. So you got the song. I had no idea Rated R Superstar was available for them to use. So, I mean, they got about as much as you wanted to get in order to just easily transition a WWE audience member over to there's no other than him being called Adam Copeland. Everything mm -hmm. else was there. So that's a huge win just off just in and of itself. Um it's a huge signing. It absolutely is. He is a WWE lifer. I know that I said this in the past. I was surprised when guys like Mark Henry and Big Show Paul White uh, were were announced to be, uh, you know, to go over to AW, but they're not really wrestling. They're, they're more in a backstage capacity. Even Jericho, when he appeared in that press conference, that inaugural press conference, even Chris had had gone away, and and you know, we we knew that he had he had, he dabbled in New Japan, so it wasn't um. It wasn't on, on think and, and he was in WCW before we ever went to WWE. So it wasn't, you know, we've only ever seen Adam Copeland Edge in WWE. Mm -hmm. and he was not a guy that went to TNA. He was not a guy that was in, in WCW, <laughs> except if you consider his job or run uh, yeah. before he was, you know. So th this is a huge signing. I, I, look, you can say this. 
Adam Copeland, Edge, is the only person they have signed who looks like he's going to be an active competitor that they have signed who's worked The Undertaker in a WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. There's only a when you look at relatively speaking over a 30 plus year career, there's only, you know, you, you can make a list. You can count it almost on your hands of a number of guys who've got to have that honor. So the mm-hmm. fact that um, AEW has acquired him, I guess here's what I'm looking at it of, of both intrigue and concern. I think that his best use would be something like a Chris Jericho where you know, they're saying he's going to be full time. He's going to be around pretty regularly. Chris has had uh, done an amazing job staying healthy and continuing to reinvent himself, new, you know, different monikers, different, you know, things. Um, but that comes at a price and a risk of staying healthy. Chris has managed to do it. Chris has had durability his whole career. Um, I just hope that for Adam Copeland's sake, that he can give what he wants to give to the company, but he can do it safely uh, given who he's working with and the speed that things tend to go to in AEW. Hopefully he will have complete 100% say in how and what he does. Yeah, well, I hope so, too, because, again, I think he's someone that understands storytelling, not even just from pro wrestling, but he's an actor. Like, he's done a lot of stuff that I think will – he'll be able to contribute in ways that I think beyond what we see in the ring. And, and Jimmy, I want more on your thoughts on this because also he's seen how to, how to run a big ship. Exactly. And this is the thing that, uh, that, that I hope they take advantage of, that the company as a whole takes advantage of. And Tony kind of listens to him a little bit. And also some of the young guys in the locker room go to him because he's very approachable. He's very open. He's very giving. And he, you know, pick his brain. You know, I, I'm, you, know you, you hear stories about, you know, guys going a little bit off the rails over there and I don't want to get into that so much, but here's a guy who can absolutely contribute and elevate others and help them in a behind the scenes capacity. He he's an all round, he's an all round player. Let's put it that way. Take advantage of what you've got there. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think they've, they've got something great there. I, I can't wait to see how it all plays out for him. Uh, on the other side of things, um, AEW lost a big star. Uh, Tony Khan reveals what he did to try to keep the newest WWE recruit, Jade Cargill, in AEW. He said, I knew Jade's contract had been ticking down, and we were talking about a new contract, and I was very interested in Jade coming back, uh, Khan said, and we are having a negotiation. I made a very big offer, and I thought it was a very fair offer, and I think she was considering it, and then she asked for a bigger offer, and then I went up again, I kind of thought that was going to do it, and then it didn't, which I was surprised because, to be honest, I came up to a number that was higher than her original ask. Uh, Justin, to me, this says that it really, and this is probably the case in a lot of situations, came down to money for Jade Cargill. Yes. I mean, she either was uh, pitting AEW and WWE up against each other, going back and forth, saying now they're offering this. That could have been it, and or she had her mind made up. She knew she was leaving, but she just wanted to see and wanted to ask and just see, you know, see what see what the, the final offer would be. Um, the, you know, the, and and then it goes to and then I know Tony then goes into this uh, part in the quote. He starts talking about how he wanted to give her a classy send off, uh, and 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 he did in the sense of he didn't embarrass her. He didn't. Whatever he gave her an advertised match against Chris Statlander, where she did the job to Chris Statlander. Um, that's a very courteous thing to do. He went on to explain 
that he did it and that he wants it to be an environment and he wants to be a good guy to all the wrestlers and, and that he wants them to know they that he appreciates them. That's all fine and dandy, but I, I first off, I don't think you should be explaining it. I don't think you should be, I don't think I think he said way too much. I think as a businessman, quite frankly, and, and what's a and what's a crazy, ruthless carny business that can be pro wrestling when it comes down to it, I don't think you need to show your hand like that. I think you're just opening yourself up to to more issues, quite frankly. I think it's commendable that you are a nice guy and maybe you're a little bit too nice for the wrestling business. I don't know why he went on to that quote and, and, and decided to explain uh, how he was then going to give her a nice way out and this and that. Just just leave it as it is. Say, I tried to make an, a, a better, a fair offer to her. She didn't accept it. I'm appreciative of what you did here. Best of luck in the future. I, 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 I just don't agree with her, him going on the way he did. I just don't think that does him any favors in the future, future negotiation games with anybody. But that's me. It's his business. It's his him or his family's money so whatever the case may be but i think jade had her mind made up that she was going elsewhere i think um yeah it obviously had to be a pretty ridiculously big number to keep her at that point but uh yeah jimmy to that point i don't i i i didn't watch the press conference so i don't know what question brought on this answer off the top of my head but it i do feel like money conversations are private <laughs> something you know I, I don't really know if it's a good idea to be sharing uh certain details of that but it is kind of a a situation like justin said now if i'm a wrestler and i ask for money and i get an offer i'm i think all of them are going to say how much higher can you go because now mm -hmm. he just kind of took his hand on how those negotiations look so i know if if, if i'm a star of value and he makes me an offer i'm going to say ah, i got a bigger offer somewhere else can yeah. you match it? Can you beat oh, it? Oh, it, it, No, I agree. It, it, all he had to say, and it's very simple, like Justin said, all he had to say is we couldn't come to terms on a number. That's all. It's, you didn't have to get into specifics. You didn't have to say, well, I offered her some more and I offered her more. It's almost like you're trying to make an excuse. Like, hey, she wasn't, you, you know, it, it wasn't the money sort yeah. of thing. And maybe, maybe part of it wasn't the money. Maybe there was a part of her that said, you know what? I'm not feeling it here. It's almost like, um, I hate to use this term with her. It's almost like I'm getting ward load over here. Here's a, here's someone who's who has the potential, who has the look to be a huge star, especially in that women's division that can be elevated and made to look really good. And in and, and WWE in just a few, uh, basically a week, has made her look like a bigger star than she ever was in AEW, just by, you know, those packages that they've been showing on, on SmackDown and raw. So, you know, is this the right move for her? Time will tell, but at the same time, she feels like a big star and it looks like she's got money written all over her. And I believe WWE sees that. Maybe she thinks that's the place where she can get cap. They can capitalize and they can both capitalize on the, on her, on her presence and her startup. Mm -hmm. And Justin, this is obviously um, still very new. Both of these change Jade Cargill and Edge or Adam Copeland. Um, now, this clearly wasn't a trade, but if this was a trade, if they traded Jade Cargill for Adam Copeland, right? I feel like this is a perfect win-win trade on both sides because I think WWE is at a point where there, there isn't a huge need for talented veterans. They've got a bunch of them now. But AEW could definitely use established veterans. Uh, and also, I think you know, AEW's women's division, they've got a ton of talent, but considering the amount of time it typically gets, doesn't necessarily need a massive superstar like a Jade Cargill. But 
WWE's women's division absolutely could use another big superstar like a Jade Cargill. It does feel like a perfect win-win if this was a trade. Well, yeah, I mean, me being in baseball mode this year with my Orioles having just clinched the AL East, I, I look at it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like when you're coming down to the trade deadline, right? You know, you have the one team in AEW, they acquire the veteran. They acquire that guy that's basically almost like a rental player. You're trying to get yourself to the playoffs and win a world championship. And you trade away some of the youth that you got in the farm system, and that is Jay Cargo, maybe no better youth. You know, Adam Copeland, you're going to get maybe, what, another year or two out of him. Jay Cargo, W is looking probably for, you know, a five, ten-year type of investment. Uh, yeah, and you also look at the position of what the companies are in. AEW just opened up a second TV show in Collision, and they lost due to legal problems and drama the guy that was supposed to be the face of that show in CM Punk. So you acquire a big name, in my mind, bigger than CM Punk is Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge. Uh, and so you acquire him to perhaps fill those shoes and also do what you might have hoped Punk could have done when you brought him in first time a couple years ago, and that clearly wasn't going to happen, which is have him be a locker room leader, have Adam Copeland be a locker room leader, have somebody who's been who's been around, who's, who's worked mania against Taker, who's already in the WWE Hall of Fame, who had a career-ending injury, or so we thought, and persevered and came back from that. And you have him be a locker room leader, and I, and I will tell you right now, you're not going to be hearing the headlines that you heard with CM Punk about Adam Copeland. You can quote me on that right now. There won't be that kind of issues in AEW. So, yeah, it is, it is kind of like a trade, and it's all a matter of what you want to think. Is AEW trying to win now? I don't know what that means, but they're 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 trying to take a take take a veteran that 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 a veteran that still got a little bit in the tank, and and as he said, WWE didn't have anything more for him. He still feels like he's got something to give. So you you utilizing that, and WWE of course they probably got a five ten year storyboard. Nick Khan's got a storyboard uh, laid out for Jay Cargill. Right now it's right now it's this it's we it's it's the buzz of signing her down here five years from. Her and The Rock are co-starring in one of the biggest Hollywood movies. Yeah. Put it all there. Pro probably. No, I mean, and that's, that's what I say. But this is something, uh, and Jimmy, last thing on this news is, this is where I like to remind people what makes the idea of having two companies so good. Because if we still were in the days where it was just WWE, then mm -hmm. Adam Copeland may not get the opportunity to continue doing what he's doing. And Jade Cargill maybe wouldn't have had the chance to become the Jade Cargill we know that gets all this money she's getting mm -hmm. now. Um, I always like to remind people that she did try out previously and wasn't picked. So this was mm -hmm. a chance for her to build to that level so now she can get that money. And that's what's great about having two companies that people can work for. Absolutely. And it, it even, even Edge said so himself that when other companies uh, challenge and, 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 and make the other – basically push the other side to do more, which is what AEW has seemed to have done to WWE because we've seen the, the, the efforts that they're putting forward since uh, this so-called uh, competition goes on. But the one thing I liked that he said was, don't choose sides. You don't have to choose sides. Be a wrestling fan. Try to enjoy all of it because, you know, obviously you have now the big two companies, uh, WWE and AEW, but you've got Impact Wrestling, which is which is a good product. You've got uh, others out there like NWA and you've got, you know, it, try enjoy it all. Just, to, you know, be open minded. We don't have you don't have to treat it like politics or, or we're, yeah. you know, you put their put the, the company's lawn sign on your front. Right. Lawn or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. right. And one success doesn't hurt the show that you like if you don't like one or if you only, if you only like one, then no. one success. Like if I'm a huge NXT fan, then it doesn't matter if collision does something great. Like right. NXT is still great. Yeah. Um, 
And that actually reminds me, before we move on to the show and before we get into all the usual stuff, we did get a super chat from Malik Black who says, uh, quick thoughts on NXT No Mercy before Raw, uh, before the Raw review. Uh, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it. I was fortunate enough to actually be there live for No Mercy this time around. And it was an incredible show. NXT, I always say like people turned away from NXT when it did the 2.0 thing. And I get it. It was a rough transition, but that show is wildly entertaining now. And their premium live events are always great. And I, I just got to say, having been in the arena, I want to put all the arguments to rest. I want to end the conversation. The Dom heat is real fellas. It's mm. it is every bit as loud as like, in fact, I'll be honest. I went back and I listened to the ring entrances uh, for Dom and I could hear Alicia Taylor's ring entrance way better on the stream mm-hmm. as, the, as opposed mm-hmm. to in person. Like, it was louder in person than it was on the stream. So anyone who's saying that they're doing something funny with the mics or whatever, at least at this show, no, it was just crazy loud. And it was, it was a fun time, crazy loud the whole time. I think in my opinion, I was, my, my three big takeaways were, uh, I think Trick Williams can be something special. We'll talk about him in a little bit. I think Carmelo Hayes could be transcendent as a wrestler. I think he could be really, really, really big. Uh, and Tiffany Stratton deserves to be in main events. She's incredible. Um, I don't know. Did you guys have a chance to see the show? Um, I know it was a busy wrestling weekend. No, to be completely honest, I didn't get a chance. I got I caught little glimpses of it. And like you said, the one thing I do did like was... Uh, it was a nice tight package. Mm-hmm. It didn't go too long. So, you know, tomorrow I'm going to try and, and sit down and just relax and just enjoy it before the actual NXT show goes on. But um, that's the other thing that like, not to get off topic here, but if I had one complaint about uh, the AEW uh, wrestle dream, is that wrestle oh, dream? Yeah. Yes. Uh, is it was very long. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? And it, the, I didn't get a chance to see it live because I had a family function that I had to attend. So it, I, I had the privilege of getting to skim through it, but at the same time, not getting to see it live kind of like hurts, but, it, but, you know, tone it down just a little bit. You don't have to, I always say that 20 and 10, you didn't, you didn't mm-hmm. have to put 20 and 20. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 40, 40 and 20. Sorry. I agree. One of the things I love about NXT uh, and their PLEs, always a nice tight two and a half hours to three hours. They never, mm-hmm never go over and there's always just enough matches so you feel like it's good but you're also not like wait what matches are left oh we still got that many like which mm-hmm. i would say first rule of entertainment leave them wanting more that's like number one that's day one mm-hmm. rule so uh justin did you get a chance to see it or were you uh preoccupied I was preoccupied. I did not watch it live. I've since gone back and, and caught most of it. And and yeah, I, I will say tight. Uh, I agree with what you guys are saying. And also something you can say right now about NXT that I don't know if you could ever say it before. And yes, I, I'm, I'm not ignoring the, the, the days of when they could go into Barclays the day before SummerSlam and sell it out. I'm not discrediting it because I was there for many of those shows and those were great shows. But having learned what we've learned and seen what we've seen and heard what we've heard with the audience transitions from NXT's audience to Raw and SmackDown, I feel like up and down that no mercy card, the men and women who they have positioned as uh, as, as key people to have a have a premium live event match, and or be title holders, they are all pretty much 
ready-made for Raw and SmackDown. There is something about the 2.0, there's something about how they've approached the talent and the characters and the development and the storytelling that um, I don't, you know, look, Johnny Gargano, as we're going to talk about, Johnny Gargano is somebody who was a huge deal in NXT, but Johnny has since had some, you know, ebbs and flows in Raw and SmackDown. And there's a lot of other NXT stars that had different kind of resets or repackaging until we kind of even, uh, you know, they, they took off. And I feel like right now with a lot of the names you already named, Jack, that any of those guys and girls could just be on Raw or SmackDown regularly and, and, and we don't need to change anything. Yeah, there's a, a whole bunch of people if they called up tomorrow, I'd say, yeah, they're ready. They're, they'll, they'll be fine. I mean, you never know. Once you get to the main roster, of course, it's a whole coin flip. But as far as can they do it? Yeah, 100%. Uh, but let's get into the show we watched tonight. Let's talk about Raw before we do. As always, thank you to everyone who's watching us live uh, and in the chat. If you're lurking like Joe C or uh, Montez Tyndall or GG Granda, uh, thank you guys so much for being with us. Shout out to all the lurkers, but also thank you to MDB999, Mike Martin, Kevin. We've got uh, Ricky. We got David. We got everyone here. Bear Hudson, Tommy O, Bernie DC, Beer, and everyone else. Uh, let's get into the show because we're already a little bit behind schedule. Uh we start the show, and man, Jimmy, there was a lot of potatoes, but I'm Irish, so I was excited for this for this little dinner here. Uh, we start with a brawl between Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, and Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, Ra yeah, Raquel Rodriguez comes out uh, and takes out Baszler, and then Nia Jax takes her out, and then Ripley comes out, takes out everybody. It's total anarchy, and once everything gets cleared out, Rhea Ripley ain't done. She's like, Judgment Day, get out here. I'm going to rip you guys a new one, too. So they come out. She rips them a new one. And Damian Priest, he, he tries to be the tough guy. But let's face it, Rhea Ripley was was uh, shooting grenades here. And then eventually there's a big fight at, with Judgment Day and Cody and Jay Uso. And uh, it ends with Adam Pearce saying at Fastlane there's going to be a tag team title match. Uh, Jimmy, I, like I said at the beginning, lots of potatoes here, but I've said famously, I love anarchy and chaos at wrestling mm -hmm. shows, and this was just fun to me. But what about you? What did you think? I thought it was interesting because, uh, yes, there was a lot going on in this opening segment, but starting it off hot like they did with the brawl going on between Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler uh, already as they, as they go on the air and that sort of stuff, I, I think the reasoning behind it was they wanted to get the crowd at home motivated to stay tuned in because you know obviously it's monday nights and monday night football is a big challenge now they're 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 fighting them for the audience starting off hot and getting a lot in there that they you know like this brawl with the, with the ladies and then going to rhea ripley who's just i thought she nailed it mm -hmm. as, as as almost coming off like the is she the de facto leader of judgment day right now i i, I love the questions that are left out there and also some of the uh you know we talk about seeds being planted, the watering of these seeds too. Yeah, Justin, I, I did think that's funny to Jimmy's point. She's like, there's no leader, right? Well, how come when I'm gone, you guys don't have a direction? <laughs> Basically mm -hmm. kind of saying there's not a leader, but I'm the leader. Yeah, the opening three minutes was really entertaining uh, and summing up this portion of the women's division and, and the dynamics going on. And we got a return of Raquel who we hadn't seen in a few weeks. We got a return in Rio. We hadn't seen in a few weeks. So it was very, you know, kind of must see from, you know, from like Jimmy's standpoint, just trying to get the viewer at home engaged. If you're fighting for them at the uh, eight o'clock mark. 
Uh, but and yeah, they did then go into all the Judgment Day soap opera, but they at least let a break. Like they 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 they, they at least had a a pause. So we did all that. Rhea's like Judgment Day, come on out now. You're cliffhanging to stay tuned because she's calling out her Judgment Day people, and she's obviously not happy. But they went to a break. We saw some video. Like they 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 gave us a chance to like think about and write some notes down about the women and 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 move on. So you know, I think it was the the best balanced. Uh, rollout of all that they gave us and then yeah they have a decision to make and maybe they started veering towards the decision they're going to make by what we you know saw unfold with Rhea and gotten dom's face at one point that crowd's chanting mommy 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 when she comes out and she goes back and she's beating up uh, nia jacks and she's out there clear house fan, fans are ready to cheer for mommy mm-hmm. and, and 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 it it, it is such a special situation because very few talents get the luxury of not really having to change much about their character, but they've been able to switch. You know, I, 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 I hate throwing Steve into these things, but Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of those rare cases. He didn't change anything he said or anything he did, but he managed to flip the audience and get them on, 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 on his side. Rhea Ripley's not changing anything she's doing, but she has managed to grab this audience and they are now riding on her bandwagon. That is so special and so unique. But WWE has some decisions to make about what they're going to do with her and Judgment Day because you can't have it both ways. The uh, a few things I love about this was one, Dom deserves a big shout out. He looked like just the saddest little puppy dog walking out to the ring. His facial expressions were absolutely perfect at coming out. Like he knew he was in trouble coming to the ring, and he 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 made the it look perfect. I love Jay Uso kind of leaning into what we were all joking about before, sort of shooting a shot at mommy while he was there as well. Uh, just a lot of fun stuff here. Uh, last kind of bit on this. Um, Jimmy, I want your, t- your thoughts on uh, one, the fact that these guys get a tag team title shot uh, without really, e- without having ever been a tag team. Uh, are you okay with that? And two, has the women's division, have they ever had a women's division this like, powerful like literally like big powerful women it feels like it feels like they've got like seven or eight that are just powerhouses yeah i i don't i don't recall the women's division ever being this stacked especially with women who can uh other than china if you know what i mean so yeah yeah the the women's division is 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 really stacked with with some some talented women as well and some very strong, powerful-looking women too, as well. Uh, but as far as it, it, what was the other part? I'm sorry. Uh, it was the that Cody and Jay getting a yes. tag team title shot without ever having been a tag team before. I I get that, and I get people can could 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 make a case uh, for for rant about something like that. But at the same time, these guys are too big. Main event Jay Uso, Cody Rhodes is a big star. These two guys teaming together is a big deal, especially since Cody was having issues with the bloodline and Jay being a former member of the bloodline. So there, there is backstory to this that could add to the interest going into it. You talk about, okay, uh, earning that title opportunity. Here are two guys that are huge superstars and really two main singles guys teaming together. So, uh, in this case, I'm okay with it, depending on where it goes after this match or during and after this match. Yeah. I'm, I'm in wait and see mode. Let's put it that way. 
I, I should say for transparency, I'm okay with them getting a title shot because they're both huge stars. And it's not like there's a line of challengers that is getting skipped over. So Yeah, and it makes the tag yeah. titles feel that much more important that these two want to team together and go after them. Yeah. Uh, we move on to Imperium versus Alpha Academy. Everyone kind of gets a moment, but the match ends with Otis trying to hit a top rope move, but his leg is held, and Imperium gets control uh, and the win. Later in the night, uh, Gable is very upset about how everyone keeps cheating to beat them, and he uses his golden brain to keep track <laughs> of all this. Uh, Justin, what I loved about this is from a show structure standpoint, the beginning of the show, craziness wildness everywhere this match actually slowed things down quite a bit i mean it still told its story but they they really slowed things down here no it absolutely did it absolutely did and then there's something nice about that because uh if you go 100 miles per hour the entire time eventually 100 just becomes kind of just becomes normal mm -hmm. you know you gotta, you gotta slow control. yeah you gotta slow down in order to speed back up and and, and, and appreciate that pace and appreciate that speed so yeah no, i, I was fine with this um I, I Imperium and Alpha Academy, they they all usually hit every week. They just hit the notes for me. There, there's there's something you know the Alpha is just such a great babyface act. Yeah, they have actual real athleticism, but they have the, the comedy. Imperium is just textbook one oh one great heel stuff. So yeah, I mean they 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 rarely miss for me. Yeah. Jimmy was uh of course Imperium gets the win. Crisis averted, everything's good in Imperium now, right? Well, not necessarily because there were little things that happened during the match that made you think, hmm, is this team ready to implode or not? But uh, again, uh, I thought the right team won uh, going into this. And yes, I, I know there's an argument out there saying that Alpha Academy could use some big wins. And yeah, of course they could. But at the same time, people are invested in them still, despite the fact that they haven't been winning a lot lately. Let's put it that way. But to your point, I thought, good good structure because they it wasn't overt there was mm -hmm. just enough little seeds planted that's saying hey maybe there's still a little tension there yeah um now we got bronson reed versus cedric alexander uh cedric has some moments but this is basically a squash win for bronson reed here uh justin bronson reed is uh, he's he's a just he's a a justin labar guy What's what's going on with, with Bronson Reed? It feels like he's like Katy Perry, hot and cold, yes and no, <laughs> wins and loses. Uh, what's what's going on with, with Bronson Reed right now? No, I think they're heating him back up. Not that he was ever cooled off, but I feel like that there was maybe some some weeks there where maybe he wasn't in action every week or you know, he didn't you know, but now he's getting wins every week. He's hitting his signature tsunami. Uh, I feel like they're trying to get him on a real rhythm. Uh, and then you eventually gotta find uh, an opponent for him. You gotta figure out what does that look like? You know, what, 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 you know, what, what do you want for him? Um, and I don't know what that is necessarily. We're coming into a very interesting time of the year. You know, fast lanes here this weekend, a salty show a couple weeks after that survivor series, which that always is interesting dynamics. So you, you can always create a team of four or five, you know, mismatched heels that, you know, can they coexist? Um, so yeah, I think we're just trying to heat them up, keep them, keep them simmered on the stove uh, until you can find the next thing for him. Uh, and right now, you know, Gunther is your IC champion, and you know, Raw that's a heel. Uh, Bronson Reed doesn't have any partners to go for a tag team title. You know, so then you look at what Seth Rollins and the world titles. So I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think you're just trying to figure out where does he fit in. What can he do? 
Yeah, Jimmy, the thing I was thinking about watching this match is Bronson Reed needs a like a real heated rivalry. I need to see something personal with him and not mm -hmm. just I'm going to win a match situation here. But I don't know, to Justin's point, I don't know who who you do that with. Do you have any thoughts or ideas or is there something Bronson's missing right now that you'd like to see him add to sort of get over this hump of just sort of having win-loss matches? Yeah, I'd like to hear from him. I want to hear. I want to. I want to know more about Bronson Reed as opposed to yeah. He's just a. He's a big guy that can, that can get the job done in the ring, uh, and, and that's it. Mm -hmm. There's no real other you know, direction for him other than that. Let's hear from him. Let's let him put out a mission statement saying, "Look, I'm here. Nobody's giving me a chance. I'm going to take it, or whatever the case may be. I will make sure that I earn myself a title opportunity, whether it's the IC champion." or it's Seth Rollins or whoever the, you know, the champion is at the time, you know, anything let's hear from him as opposed to just seeing him go out there and beat someone like a Cedric Alexander that quickly, who uh, unfortunately is a little more talented than, in, than just being an enhancement guy. Let's put it that way. But uh, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, let's, let's start by at least hearing from him and hearing what he wants and where he wants to go. Yeah, Cedric Alexander, I was, I'm was i a big fan of. I used to watch 205 Live. Uh, I had a, a period where I watched it. I didn't watch this whole run, but there was a period. So in, you were the one. Uh, me, <laughs> yeah, me and four other people. And when 205 Live stopped airing, we turned over to NXT UK. <laughs> but uh, Cedric Alexander, when he was the champ there, he was great. Like That was a great show mm -hmm. to watch. He was very talented. I do always feel like, he was an under 205. Let's be real. That, that's a he's a pretty meaty fella. He wasn't 205. Who are you fooling, Cedric? Him and Buddy Murphy and everyone else. So there were just these jack dudes saying they're 205. I didn't believe it for a second, uh, but it was still a fun show. Uh, we we get to a part uh, that I wanted to talk about separately because uh, from the main event because I thought it was fantastic, and that was the Gunther Champa contract signing and. Uh, Champa talks about how he's been fighting. He's been wanting to do this for since he was five years old. Gunther says that he holds the most prestigious title in the sport. Uh, and then Champa says, well, let's just do it tonight. And they both agree to do it. Justin, we get a lot of contract signings. We know they always end in chaos. I felt like this was really one of the better ones in that it actually really hyped up the match and still gave me the entertainment. Yeah, and uh, I walked away from that contract signing believing both guys. Mm -hmm. I believe that Champa has wanted to have an Intercontinental title match since he was five years old in WWE. And I certainly believe at this point that Gunther believes that this is the most important title, that he has made this title's, you know, yeah, you might be able to say, oh, well, Roman Reigns has been in the main event of SummerSlam, main event of WrestleMania, this and that. And I can see Gunther saying, you know, you know but you know what? That was this one title defense in five months. He goes, I'm here every single month, almost every week, battling it out, getting bloodied, hard-hitting, hard chops, and, and then, of course, having the record run that he's having you know, for the Intercontinental title's history. So I believe that Gunther believes that he is the workhorse of the company, mm -hmm. and I believe that Champa valued the position he was in to challenge for that title. And so, yes, there was the entertainment there, but this this elevated and and not that you, not IC title was certainly done at this point, but it was just one more little notch of the IC title can main event Monday Night Raw, and I don't think there should be a damn complaint about it because the title mm -hmm. is back to a level of prestige that we have not got 
uh, in 30 years. Yeah, Jimmy, this uh, I loved the comment uh, that Gunther made about like this is for the most prestigious, prestigious title in the sport. And you're dressed like that. And as mm-hmm. he's wearing the suit, like it made it actually I did have one of those moments. I don't know if you've ever dressed inappropriately for somewhere you go. Like you're the only one not dressed up or you're, you're the only one wearing the Halloween costume at mm-hmm. work <laughs> on Halloween or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I almost had that feeling for Champ when he said that. But also Champ has said that he has been waiting for this match since he was five years old. Can you believe that Gunther's had the IC title that long? That's incredible. <laughs> that's a, that's great. But I, I do like the fact that he mentioned that Gunther did mention that anybody who's become a Hall of Famer and gone on to be, you know, a legendary superstar has held the Intercontinental Championship as as part of that that legendary status. And he just by those words I actually elevated the title. If there is one complaint I do have about this segment, and like you said, all these contract signings end in chaos. This was a situation where I like the fact that it was that, that they switched the match from next week to to this week and said, hey, we'll have it tonight instead to make it sound like, hey, we both want to get this thing in there. We both, you know, uh, Ciampa wants a shot at that championship as soon as possible. And Gunther's not afraid to, to, to defend it any, at any time that I don't think they needed the physicality at the end. Yeah, I think I think they could have saved that just for the for the main event. You know, the, you already hooked me. You didn't need to have all that extra gaga, as they say. But, yeah. but that's a that's a small complaint because I was still interested. <laughs> we mentioned Katy Perry. Now uh, Jimmy's mentioning Lady Gaga, and now uh, I'm sure uh, Justin will hit us with the Taylor Swift uh, reference <laughs> soon enough. Um, we had a couple of backstage segments. I'm just going to lump them together here because they were all kind of. I don't know if there's a lot to pull from them, but uh, Judgment Day, um, McDonough says the tag team titles on the line is a good thing. Priest isn't feeling it, but Ripley talks some sense into him. Jay Uso says, look, it's all good. Team with Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes uh, says that he'll be on SmackDown along with Jay Uso. Uh, Justin, this kind of feels a little bit like they're just trying to sell us on tuning into SmackDown. Yeah, which, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything to take from that, but if I didn't say it, I'm sure somebody would say, Jack, you didn't mention this. Uh, do you guys, is this, is McDonough closer to joining Judgment Day? And I'll let either of you take this. Closer to joining Judgment Day and or is Priest closer to being out of Judgment Day as we see that friction continue to grow? That's I, a, yeah. I think they're probably both equal. That's exactly what I was saying, man. You know what they say about great minds, but uh, <laughs> but I could almost see one causing the other at the same time. Anyway. Yeah, it's like a, it's like every step that McDonough takes closer, Priest takes a backpedaled step away. Um, right. And going back to what I said earlier about Rhea and the crowd and the and the, and the, the dichotomy where they're there, the, the, I feel like we're a new version of Judgment Day is going to have to be upon us. If it doesn't if it doesn't disband altogether, a new version uh, is, is 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 upon us. It's going to have to be. It, you know, we might get a judgment day that's similar almost to like Bullet Club in a way where it's one of these groups that just is always changing and evolving. And there's different eras of the group where, you know, you have your I was a fan of the Finn Balor judgment day. Well, I was a fan of the Kenny Omega, ju- uh, not judgment day, uh, the Finn. Yeah, Finn Balor Bullet Club. I was a fan of Kenny Omega Bullet Club. Well, I'm a fan of Jay White Bullet Club. I think maybe someday we'll be like, I was a fan of. Damian Priest Judgment Day, or I was a fan of JD McDonough Judgment Day. And let us not 
Yeah. Let us not forget that the Judgment Day started with the Adam Copeland <laughs> Judgment Day. Yes. Yeah. So. I, I don't think a lot of people are going to say that was their favorite one. <laughs> All due respect, Adam Copeland, but I think you'd agree. That <laughs> got better uh, once it did the change. I want to talk about a guy I mentioned earlier, though. Trick Williams cut a promo and had a stare down with Judgment Day himself. Uh, Justin, I want to get your thoughts on Trick Williams. I think he's someone that is a a special kind of wrestler. He just, I, I feel like he's one of those guys that has that people just want to root for him kind of aura to him. But I'm a big fan, so maybe I'm blinded by it. What are your thoughts on what you saw from Trick Williams and my favorite question, if you'd never seen him before, what did this promo buy, make you want to buy in on him? I mean, he had a little bit of swagger to him. You know, he does. Um, wasn't a whole lot tonight that I can take away. I mean, you know, he, you know, he stood stood standing in front of, you know, what, three on one uh, heels approaching him. But, um, you know, I, 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 I mean, they did show several times to show the NXT recap package of what happened. And so you saw him, you saw highlights of him looking strong and, and, and getting a win. So, you know, I, I think that's the most you can ask for, really, to be realistic, is, is, is to show some sh- show his best of why he's champion. Obviously, it's a nice scenario that where his opponent is Dom and Judgment Day, who he's been battling with. And again, Dom is getting so much heat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the little bit of time he had when he addressed the camera, he introduced himself, a little bit of swagger. But I mean, I, I you know, nothing much more there. But at the same point in time, I don't know how much more there needs to be. It's, it's one of those things. Tune in Tuesday. Find a little bit more out about him. Um you know, mommy's already set the table telling Dom, if you don't come home with the title, don't even bother coming home at all. So I think there's reason already to tune into Tuesday and and, and, and let Dom and, and those people, let Dom and Rhea bring those people into it. And then Trick Williams hopefully will uh, carry the rest home across the finish line. Yeah, I uh, I don't know how much you've seen of Trick Williams, uh, Jimmy, but one of the things that makes me say I think he's special is uh, since the 2.0 transition, he started out as like the cowardly, goofy bad guy, slip on a banana peel bad guy, mm-hmm. as became the funny kind of second, you know, uh, sidekick buddy to the big good guy, broke off on his own, and now is becoming the guy that has won a championship. And there's definitely a, a ground swell of support. It's clearly not a uh, Daniel Bryan situation. It's not that big, mm-hmm. but it's that similar mm-hmm. kind of vibe where like, people are just sort of getting like behind him. And so I feel like there's definitely a, I think there's just something to this guy. And if I, I think he just gets it he gets what his role needs to be. And he's able to hit it every time. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on trick Williams, whether you've seen him before or if this was only, your only time seeing him? No, no, I've seen him before. And, and, and I agree with you. He's a special kind of talent. It's just a matter of, will they take advantage of the situation, especially with, with the groundswell of support that he's getting from the, from the uh, audience. You know, that's, you know, those are the people you're trying to please, right? You know, yeah. so, so, you know, they, they have gravitated towards him. And as you've mentioned, he's very versatile. He can do so many different things. He could be that funny guy. He could be, you know, different types of characters. But at the same time, when he's being the person he is right now, people are going, oh, this guy can be the guy. And I saw somebody in the comment board mention that he could be the next Booker T. See, mm-hmm. you see, people people have that much faith in him. So, you know, hey, let's see where this goes. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it's all on how he is presented yep. to the audience. Yeah, he's 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 very entertaining. Big, big fan of Trick Williams. Hopefully he uh, continues to be successful. Someone who's really made the most of their minutes, though, is Ivar, who had a singles match against Xavier Woods, took the loss, but afterwards just completely destroyed new day 
Uh, Justin, I see you nodding your head. Ivar, where, where, where did Ivar come from? He came from a tag team. And, you know, when you're in a tag team, that's a huge – when you're in a tag team, uh, obviously if, if tag teams are going well, they're going well, and there could be great reward to that. There's an art and, and, a, and, a, and a beauty to great tag team wrestling. But when you're in a tag team, it automatically comes with, with uh, certain certain problems, certain certain risks, I should say, not problems, risks. If your partner gets hurt, if your partner gets in trouble, that then can automatically cause an issue for you. You know, mm-hmm. you might not have work. You know, if, oh, if you guys have tag team, he's hurt, you got to still on the sidelines until we're ready, or he gets in trouble or whatever. Ivar has been lucky. Uh, Eric is injured. Don't know how serious. Hope it's nothing too crazy. But uh, Eric's sidelined for the moment. So Ivar has gotten this little opportunity to do some singles matches and has killed it. Uh, he's gotten to show off that, yeah, he's a big guy, 330 plus, but he can do he, he, his agility, his speed, his, 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 to, to work with guys at the New Day. Um, and, and so he's maximizing the minutes, as you said. And, you know, I know normally that, and and since Triple H has took over his new creative role over a year ago, he's done a really good job about not having the same rematch week every week. Well, this wasn't the same one. This one was him versus Xavier Woods. We saw him previously versus Kofi. Now we've advertised we're going to see him versus Kofi next week. It's going to be like what Viking rules or whatever. I don't think this is a about of lazy creative. I think this is about of hey, we kind of have something organically happening here. Mm-hmm. New Day's really over. People like him. Great babyface act, but. Ivar's kind of getting people's attention too, and so hey, we don't have to necessarily just throw our Viking Raider stock in the toilet. We can, can maybe heat something going, and so I feel like they got a plan here. I feel like that's why we're seeing them going back to the well here, not because of lazy, but because they're trying to maximize and capitalize on something that has just kind of came maybe by accident. So I uh, yeah, maximizing the minutes is the exact phrase I would use for Ivar. Uh, Jimmy, any thoughts on uh, this? Uh- this match or Ivar here, like I said, I mean, I was a big fan of the Viking Raiders. I mean, particularly their NXT run. Uh, but the, I was a big fan. I'm a big fan of the team, but man, I'm looking at Ivar right now. I'm like, you've got a monster villain here that you could use that for some reason looks the part more when he's walking out by himself. And I don't know why, but he does. Uh, mm. But what are your thoughts on this? No, I, I agree with everything Justin said. And, and, and the fun thing is, for a guy that can do what he can do in the ring, you know, for a guy his size, he doesn't go overboard with it. He times it and he places those those uh, agile things that he does in the right spots and lets it breathe and lets it absorb and lets the audience take it in. And like when you go, ooh, I couldn't believe he did a moonsault like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, or whatever the case may be. It t- he took his time and did everything well. And you know, now that now you got to start thinking, hey, they've got a single star in the making here. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do want to give a shout out to uh, to Xavier Woods, who lifted Ivar. I, I saw Woods in person once and he's a big dude. I always say I feel bad for Woods because if he wasn't partnered with Big E for so long, everyone would be like, man, Woods is jacked. But because he's always standing next to Big E, you're like, oh, he's the smaller one. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's just no. pro wrestling i guess no and, and again you talk about timing and the way it was done during the match it was several times where where xavier was trying to get him up and when he mm-hmm. finally did it felt like it meant something yes uh such a small thing that uh yeah. mm-hmm. it, it makes a simple thing seem great um how how interesting they have sorry jack yeah, overall that they have the guys they have with size that are not just fee fi fo fum Ivar, Bronson Reed, 
Otis. Otis. They got some guys right now that tip that scale, but again, are not your old fashioned, you know, just lumbering around. I mean, they can, they have some crazy athletic ability and, and, and no, and to what Jimmy said a minute ago, know how to use it and not to overdo it to, to not to, not to, not to fire too many shots too prematurely, if you know what I'm saying. You know, back in the old days when they had like a ton of Survivor Series teams, uh, I would have loved to seen just a, a big dude uh, Survivor Series team with today's wrestlers with like Bronson Reed and Otis and just all the big guys on one team just to see how that would have looked. I think that would have been fun. Um, I don't think they now they only do like the two teams, so probably won't ever happen, but it would be fun. Uh, Rollins comes to the ring and chats Michael Cole, says that Michael Cole gets it beat in the pro wrestling ring is an obsession. Then Shinsuke uses a video and a chair to show how easy it is to keep Rollins down. Jimmy, I thought this was a very innovative, innovative um, segment and idea. Do you think it worked having the Shinsuke on the screen while Shinsuke was in the ring at the same time? I do think it worked. It, it was different. It was uh, it was a nice little change. And I love the fact that they put it on the screen because you have the subtitles. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the one thing that makes, you know, Shinsuke stand out from the other heels, especially because he's, you know, he's using his native language of Japanese. And for those of us who don't speak Japanese, seeing the subtitles underneath, it almost ticks you off that you have to read it. As opposed to hear it, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> you're so used to hearing promos and and, and getting uh, invested and interested in the in what they have to say. Now you have to read it and go, "What did he say? Oh, I can't believe he said that." You know, but it's a nice little difference, and it, and it worked. And him coming out of the crowd, it was a little bit of a surprise, and it and I think it worked. It surprised a lot of people. Obviously, you, you know, when we're watching on TV, we could hear the crowd starting to react when he was coming through the crowd, and that. To me, man, oh, is he coming through the crowd? You know what I mean? But I yeah. didn't see it coming. Let's put it that way. It is funny when you're in the crowd and you find out that someone might be coming through the crowd because you hear that you feel that like excitement when someone's coming through the crowd. Even when you're sitting nowhere near where someone would be coming through the crowd, you're like, are they coming near me? Like, you could be right next to the camera. You're like, are they coming near me? No, they're not coming near you. You're on the camera side. You have to be on the other side for them to be coming to you. But that's how I am anyways. It was like that when I was at AEW and they did the uh, anarchy in the arena. I was nowhere near where the wrestlers would be, but I'm still like, what if they come over here? Mm-hmm. They're not coming over here, Chad. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on this segment? Uh, no, I mean, I, um, I, I, I like that. I didn't make a note, and I think I tweeted something about this. I loved actually the, the production touch of having Shinsuke in the ring beating up Seth, still letting him appear on the screen counting. There was something kind of like, eerie or creepy about the fact that he i don't know it was it was a it was a nice little production touch that i we don't often see and uh i'll just say this i am convinced this is not a this is not a full-blown work i am convinced that uh what seth is saying about his back there is a level of truth to it that his back and the health of his back is not 100 percent, or at least is something that's on the table for future consideration of, of, of his schedule and of his booking i say that because they continue to reference it too often. And I can only believe that they're continuing to reference it because they want the audience to empathize and understand that, hey, once Seth loses this title and then disappears from TV, 
you have to understand why. We've told you why. We've tried to get you to feel it and understand this guy's sticking it out there, being a fighting champion, even though his back's not real good. Maybe it's not as bad as they're saying it is. I don't know, but I do believe that there's probably some time off somewhere in the future. I don't know if that future is as soon as after the Saturday or if that future is at the end of the 2023 calendar. I don't know that, but I am convinced that there's something with the back, and that's why they're continuing to drop that in there. And so then that makes you go, well, does Shinsuke have a chance? What about Senua Money in the Bank? Where is he yeah. at? Uh, I, 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 something's there. Because mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't keep dropping this hint about his back. This or not hint, this reminder. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned Damian Priest because especially for some reason tonight, it really was hitting me like this is going to be a perfect cash-in opportunity. A guy who everyone knows he's injured or has a bad back and he's going through what is always talked about as one of the most brutal of all match types. Like that's a perfect cash-in moment Mm -hmm. uh, if you are uh, Damian Priest. So, but... That's what's great. That's what's great about what WWE is doing right now is they give you that. Re- I th- any other year, I would be like fast lane. You can miss it, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, eh, you might miss something though. John yeah, Cena. What? John Cena's teaming with the new merchandise leader in LA Knight. You're not missing fast lane. No, nah, I'm not no. missing fast lane. Yeah, um, <laughs> we got Adam Pierce. He is uh, talking with Tegan Knox, who isn't g- going to get a title shot this week. But Chelsea is there to let Tegan Knox know that she should be thankful she's not getting a title shot. Uh, Pierce makes the match for them later tonight. Becky also gives Knox some encouragement, and so does Natty. Uh, during the match, Piper isn't pumped to be at ringside, and Natty comes out and neutralizes Piper Niven and allows Knox to get the win and gain an ally in Natalia. Uh, Jimmy... I want your thoughts on this segment, but also, can we not show people's arms cut open on TV? Well, uh, I, first of all, before we get to the arms cut open on TV, I thought I thought the women had a had a good match and it told a nice story, and it like there was a you know it led to something. But as far as showing that the cut on the arm, that was a little graphic. Yeah. I think I didn't need to go that far. At least show a, a blurry picture of it or something. I don't know. <laughs> Put an X over it like they used to. I don't know. It, that that was nasty looking. <laughs> we don't want to show blood on TV. Check out this injury. <laughs> yeah. Check out this hole. In oh, my arm. Ugh. Uh, Justin, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel about the, I, I think in general, we don't need to show replays of injuries. It just, <laughs> I didn't, can't do it. It just grosses <laughs> me out. Yeah, but it's one of those things, I, you know, I don't know how often it happened in WWE for Jimmy, but I could speak to it a lot here on the independent scene. You're a guy or girl that's out there working, and whether it was planned or not planned, you come back and you got a little color, you got something that's visually a little oof. You're not wiping it down. You're not letting the doctor touch it. You're getting as many photos as you can real quick in character with the belt, with whatever your gimmick and shtick is, because it's like, if you get once you do it, if, if you went through the pain and suffering, you got it. You want to make sure it's documented so you can so you can ride that. So I guess that that, that, that was that was a thing here. She got she got this real ass laceration in her arm. We're gonna run with it and let you know why she can't fight tonight. You know that that is true. I guess if I went through something like that, I'd probably be like, no, show them because I, I know someone out there's like wrestling's fake. I'm like, just show them my arm. Show them what I went through. Oh, I I, I look. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll 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 toot my own horn. I've had time. I've, 
I had beer dumped down my pants by Matt Stryker while getting my ass kicked by Sandman with a, a kendo stick and the rest of the ECW guys, and I was a I was a, a a stinking bloody mess when I came to the curtain. But damn, nobody was giving me a towel, drying me off, or stitching me up. I was getting my pictures. I was making sure it was documented. <laughs> what the hell I just went through? Yes. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, we got a. Um, yeah, I didn't. So, I, didn't okay. I didn't drive home that night because I couldn't get the beer smell out of my clothes, and I was like, "Well, if I get pulled over, I'm gonna. This is gonna be a problem." Yeah. So, the, uh, but yeah, I, I was grossed out. But you make a point. Okay, I let it. I let it slide. You guys, you make you make a good point. But I was grossed out when I saw the arm. I was like, "Ah, that's disgusting." If we shaved your hair in a hair versus hair match, you're taking some pictures. That's yeah. true too. But if you shave, it better be on pay per view. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> if you shave my head. No. Uh, but. Uh, we got a, a super chat from Bear Hudson. Uh, take a quick break from the show. Says, should we put any stock into the recent teases of CM Punk by Seth Rollins last week? He referred to himself as the best in the world. Should we read into that? Um, Jimmy, we'll, we'll send that to you first. I, I, I give my th- best in the world is something people have said for generations. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. think that's CM Punk's. Well, I don't know. I, I, I've heard it, that tra- phrase used for several superstars. So uh, I don't think it was uh, directed as a, a tease towards CM Punk. But if it is, I don't know if WWE wants that baggage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, he is a name superstar. And coming to WWE would create a buzz for sure. But at what cost? Yeah. I mean, Justin, do you think that there are, because I've seen some other things where people are looking at teases. I feel like maybe we're looking into things a little bit too much, trying to find what we want. Because I feel like WWE wouldn't tease something until they had ink on paper. And from what I understand, you can't do that yet with CM Punk. Yeah. And look, until we get through Survivor Series in Chicago, maybe he doesn't appear there. And then it's going to be, well, maybe it's Rumble. So then we got to get through Rumble and he doesn't appear there. There's going to be this fantasy book and it's happening. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins, like Jimmy said, before Punk even went to AEW several years ago, Seth Rollins would 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 grab a lot of headlines, a lot of controversy, especially from the AEW uh, diehards. Of he would say that he was the best wrestler in the world, and that he was the, that that WWE Raw had the best wrestling in the world, and AEW fans would go crazy about that, right? So I think he's just it, 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 I don't you know maybe maybe there's a slight troll job there of a few people are going to read into it like that of, of CM Punk, but. I don't think it's uh, I don't think they're building to Rollins versus Punk if that's what Bear Hudson is trying to get to. Yeah, I think um, CM Punk will always be a I'll believe it when I see it person, even though he's maybe believe when he showed up to AEW. But I'm just whatever he's doing, I'll believe it when I see it. When he's on when he's on WWE, I go, oh, I believe it. Yeah, I said the same thing about Edge going to what, but I said the same about Adam Copeland going to AEW. By the way, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm just not gonna. Not going to work myself up about it until I see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew McIntyre, you know, he doesn't want to see, he doesn't want to see himself on Miz TV again. So uh, he decides not to do it. Then he calls everyone a hypocrite. Miz comes out and says, I'm trying to help you. Uh, eventually it leads to Miz attacking Drew. And then he gets beat up until we get a match. Uh, and uh Basically, Miz gets beat up in a suit again. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, does Miz have the most matches on record in a suit? Because I feel like he's got to. <laughs> I would if there if there is uh, a tally of that. If they're keeping track of that sort of thing, I'm sure his name is at the top of the list. That's for sure. But the thing I love most about Miz is he could lose every week and still keep that heat. He is just that damn good. 
at what he does. And, and he's just got that persona that makes you want to see him get his butt kicked every single time. And again, against someone like a Drew McIntyre, you know, who we're not sure, is he leaning towards one side or the other? He's kind of like a tweener right now, uh, for lack of a better term. But, you know, back to The Miz, I think The Miz is, is as someone who was there from the beginning when he had all the heat in the locker room, this this guy has really got it. Uh, Justin, this is a, what I love about this situation is, I think we all know the direction Drew is going, but with this thing with Miz, they're not showing us their hand. It's, it's very, I still want to see him beat up the Miz, but he's definitely not the, I'm a good guy shouting out the town we're in anymore. No, he's not. They're slow playing it. I like it too. I'm a big fan. And yeah, I miss, you know, I, whenever I wear, you know, I'm, I'm not in a suit as often anymore. Whenever I used to be in a suit every week for chair shot, I'd be in my nice designer custom fit suit. Shout out to David Allen. And I'd be in my suit and I like, I mean, I was, I'd be afraid to like, you know, stretch too far this way. Or I'd be afraid to like eat, eat anything. Like I wanted a bib. I wasn't like, I, I would not be able to go out there and, and wrestle a match uh, wearing, <laughs> wearing a suit. I think the comfort just ain't there. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I know whenever I'm in a suit, if I get like a coffee, I'll always get an iced coffee with a straw so I can like, lean over and drink and not have to like risk well and, and, and it's one know? thing it's one thing to spill things but i mean you're you're a dj you know yeah like you get into a nice nice tailored suit or a nice yeah. tux you're not cha-cha slide without feeling like you're gonna split your <laughs> pants you know what i mean yeah. yes no. I, I you get into the i get into my car a little different like, i do like a weird like lean so i don't have right? to lift my leg up much right you're like fat joe lean back the way that you just ducked yourself into that <laughs> driver's seat we got we got so many musical references i love it <laughs> uh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out a taylor swift low, uh, lyric fast enough to work on that Sorry. uh you'll shake it off it's okay there uh, it is <laughs> uh but we uh but yes yeah, so that was fun we get to the main event uh guther versus champ and these guys had a match that felt like they knew that Monday night football was a stinker and they had a chance to get some eyeballs. A hard fought win uh, afterwards. Imperium beats up Champa until Gargano comes out and makes the save. Um, and that's how we go off the show. Uh, Jimmy, talk to me a little bit about this matchup. I mean, this, I, I feel like Gunther has to be the most reliable, good match wrestler right now which is saying something because there's a lot of people who are pretty reliable for a good match mm -hmm. no you're not wrong there that's for sure and and man these guys did really put on a hell of a match they told a hell of a story they had they took their time there was reasons for what they did you know the selling of the arm and all the different things i mean i can go through all that stuff but th these guys had a banger of a match and it felt like a main event match and the one thing i really enjoyed about the match was, you know, going into the match, a lot of people were probably thinking, well, I don't see the title changing hands tonight. But they had me believing that there was a possibility with some of those false finishes. Yeah. They did yeah. a great job of getting the audience invested and making them believe that the championship could change hands. And even when, uh, when it was Gunther with the cover after a big move on, on Ciampa and Ciampa kicking out a, a, at two and three quarters, so to speak, you can see the crowd pop and go, yes. It's so, so they got the crowd invested. It started, 
it built slowly, but it built well. Yes. Uh, now, the end of the match, I think, of course, Gunther retains. Justin, the end of the match, I think, is what a lot of people are going to be talking about. Johnny Gargano makes his long-awaited return, looking like we might get a DIY reunion, which a lot of people are talking about. Are you uh, excited about this? Are you worried about this? Where do you feel about – how do you feel about the Johnny Gargano return? Well, I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm a fan of his. I'm a fan of he and Ciampa together. Uh, I think Imperium's a perfect opponents because they're, they're. I mean, there's just there's there there is no cool heel factor. They're just great old fashioned heels that get booze and get heat. So it's the right reintroduction. We talked earlier about Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes getting a tag team title match because there's really not a lot of other tag teams that they're jumping the line in front of. So you know, here's a chance to try to build up a tag team back in DIY again. Um, and so I'm cautiously optimistic, but they're but. I think they need to look and see, okay, what can we learn from the past? Again, going back to what I said earlier, DIY was something in NXT at once upon a time that was over like Rover and NXT, but at times on Raw and SmackDown, I don't think it necessarily translated with the same kind of success. Go back and figure out why is that. Is it because we need to tell more stories of who the hell these two guys are, why they bonded together, why are they such a, a great tag team together, how many times have they backstabbed each other? Like, we, I think WWE powers to be, and I know Triple H is a huge fan of both these guys, so I hope he does his due diligence. Go back and figure out where did where did we fall short last time? How can we do it better this time? Yeah, I, I think what I love about the idea of them facing Imperium Jimmy is that, uh, like Justin said, they're just bad guys. They're easy to root mm -hmm. against, and they're right. also – their win-loss record may not be the greatest in the world, but they still have that air of being a dominant, unbeatable – team so that if you Absolutely. are the underdog team like a diy it still feels like they're overcoming something if they're able to get the win here so i think this is a great setup and i think it's a good opportunity for both of them again like justin said the tag team division has an opening it's an open lane for a lot of in a lot of ways it is kind of an opportunity for them to shine as opposed to trying to get in on the ground floor of a very stacked intercontinental division Exactly, and 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 like Justin said, you want to get invested in this in the babyface tag team, which is Johnny Gargano and Ciampa, and the crowd was mildly uh, um, enthused when Johnny came out. It, it didn't get the pop that I expected, and it, which surprised me a little bit, but at the same time didn't because he's been off TV so much and and he's been referenced referenced so infrequently that you know the crowd went, oh okay, he's here, great, you know that kind of thing. But they need to. Again, get people reinvested in these guys. I don't know what the what the answer is. Maybe it is a nice little rivalry with Imperium against an old-fashioned heel tag team that can get the crowd behind the baby faces. I do. I was a little disappointed by the crowd response when Johnny Gargano came out. Mm -hmm. I do think his music hasn't wasn't really well enough known for a lot of people, so it didn't really have that hit. That I think they right. wanted, and and, they, also, and, they, and they've changed his music several times, right? Right. So they didn't. I, I think even when his music hit, I I knew who it probably was, but there was a bit of like, is this Gargano? Like, who who, who is exactly. this? Exactly. Uh, and and that's, big, not, that's not yeah. the reaction you want. Sorry to cut you off, yeah, there, that, because when that music hits, you, that's what you want. The music hits, and people go, "Oh, it's." Yeah. Gargano, you know? See, see, last Friday when Cena's laid out on a table. And, and, and the bloodline's getting ready to jump off the top rope, oh. and all of a sudden you hear L.A. Knight, you know. And the place went banana. My goodness. 
Paramount. LA Knight's theme is one of the themes that's probably grown on me the most of all wrestling. I, I hated it when he first debuted. I was like, this is this feels like royalty-free music. And it, but now I'm like, now when it hits, I'm like, yeah, I'm so into it. I'm so excited for it. It's so funny. Uh, but that does it for the show. Uh, we covered everything. Everyone in the chat, let me know what you thought of the show uh, on a scale of one to ten. Uh, but for us, Jimmy, uh, overall thoughts on the show. Where can the world find you online? No, I thought the show was fine. Uh, we had some good matches, told some good stories, and they got me somewhat interested in what's going on sa Saturday. So I will be tuning in to check it out. And uh, as far as where you can find me, obviously here on Monday nights and Wednesday nights, or Mondays with uh, it's Triple J, and on Wednesdays it's Two Js and uh, and uh, NYC Demon Diva <laughs> covering the a AEW Dynamite and. You can catch me. Uh, I'll be back in another week or so on the Refn It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hebner, just taking a little break from there. And of course, my daily Refn Rants from Monday to Friday. You can catch, it on, catch them on all my social media platforms where, again, I critique not to tear down, but to help tighten screws, in my opinion. I will say I've seen in the chat a lot. Um, I'm not sure if you've covered already, but uh, Knox's match and uh aubrey edwards people have been asking for your feedback on so i won't don't say it now save it for your referent referent uh, uh mm. there you go um uh, rants but those are things i see in the comments a lot just throwing mm. that out there um but uh justin labar where we'll find you what were your overall thoughts on the show overall pretty good show i mean the fast lane is not a new pay-per-view slash premium live event but this is probably the most interesting card that fast lane has had in terms of card and stories so good on it for being a B level uh, of the of their events, and uh, yeah, at Justin Labar uh, across the socials here on Monday, here on Wednesday, Friday morning, spar with Labar on Busted Open Radio Channel One Fifty Six, and you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. If you're in the LA area, I'm going to be doing some ring announcing for PCW Ultra on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be at the Rose Bowl right before the Wazoo versus UCLA game. So. You can come by, see a wrestling show, tailgate, watch some football. It's just a, a fun time. Thank you to everybody who joined us in the chat. Uh, KOD669, Mike Martin, uh, Baby Ice, Stephen Camp, Tommy O, and everybody else. Bernie DC, Baby Ice, and Aaron Taylor. Thank you guys all so much for joining us. That does it for us. Make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. for all your wrestling news. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for the NXT After Show. We'll see you next time.